Finally meet you, man. Finally. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it only took, uh... Oh, sorry. Let me turn this off. Uh, it only took, what, like, three, four months for us to schedule this? <laughs> I think, I think it's longer than that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I'm so glad to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited dude uh, because I apologize uh because we scheduled and rescheduled and either way we finally It's made it. It's all good. It's all good. We all had stuff to do, so I'm I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're talking. And um, in yeah. fact, this morning I was thinking um all of your friends have been on the podcast. Um like Mahesh, yeah, Vinod Krishnan, um, Rohit, Rohit was there like 2 weeks ago or something. 2 weeks ago. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. And it is coming next weekend. Amazing! That's fantastic. Kevin, Kevin Dusset is coming in a couple of weeks. Excellent. I haven't spared anyone, I think. Well, everyone wants to talk to you, so I'm really glad. Dude, thanks again for accepting my invite, man. And the best part is we kept in touch, although it took a few months. So I appreciate it. Thanks for your kindness. and your understanding <laughs> in various oh, instances come on come on life happens <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dude i've got a lot of things to talk about but before i dive into things let's go to the absolute basics let's go with your childhood what was your upbringing like and then where did the music influence come from and then what did you do to pursue it things like that i just just i would love to know yeah yeah i uh I think my story is somewhat similar to a lot of South Asians who have uh who were born in India and then moved to the US while they were at a young age um and then grew up, you know, understanding both cultures mm. uh quite intimately. Um so I uh, I started learning Carnatic music from the age of 3. Wow. Uh in Bangalore. So I, I was I'm originally from Bangalore. Same. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. Um yeah, so I started learning when I was 3. Um thanks to my grandparents and thanks to my parents. They were like, "Oh, this this kid keeps, you know, humming a lot of tunes at this young age. Let's, let's see if we can uh make something of it." So, that's kind of how it started and uh, and it's just uh I think at a young age music is the one thing that has always grounded me. Um in times of happiness in times of turmoil in times of in any times really so uh, i think i related with music the most out of any other activities although i've done like any any ever, everything else that a kid would do so i to sports that didn't work and then i <laughs> i uh started to learn a lot of instruments which i was super passionate about so um i i really got into drums i did a little bit of mridangam but nothing to uh to really like go uh go home you know to to talk about uh but it's just the the idea of singing the idea of beats the idea of music um has been imbued in me since uh, uh since a very young age um i moved to the us to the east coast um to be called pittsburgh pennsylvania um when i was 7 or 8 years old so that was about third grade um so that was an interesting time uh, cuz my parents and i didn't know what we were kind of getting into we moved for an opportunity and we took it and uh the times uh over there or during during those times it was hard for me to continue my carnatic lessons mm. um i'm very thankful for uh, my parents because they 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 knew that i had a passion for music but they never forced me to um like they never forced a teacher upon me be- just because i'm in pittsburgh or anything like that so I felt most comfortable with the same teacher that I still learn from today. His name is uh, K. Ramesh Sir. Uh, he's also Bangalore. Um 
Uh, he continues to teach me till this day. We have one or two lessons a week, uh, every week over Skype. But these were obviously this 1998, uh, yeah, 1998 uh, onwards. So s the the idea of Skype, etc., wasn't really a thing. So um, an international calling was like five dollars a minute or something crazy. So uh, what we used to do was uh, Ramesha would take a 90 minute set, record basically two songs, like one on each side, and then he would physically mail it over to the US. I would listen to it and record my voice over the same tape and send it back. So by the time I learned one song, it used to take two months, you know, yeah. give or give or take all the yeah. mailing process, etc. So uh, my musical upbringing, at least in Carnatic music, was uh, slow while I was in the US, but um, through grade school, so third all the way up till 12th grade, um, I used to spend all the summers back in India. So June through August, two and a half to three months at a time, I used to stay with my grandparents. And that's where I really, really had a lot of focused Arctic training for those three months at a time. So um, it, it's, it was kind of like, you know, you go to a, you do a semester of college within three months, or you go to summer school. That's, that, that's what it felt like for me. But um, that was, the, that was my musical experience. So it, the Carnatic wise, that's, that's how I was brought up. And uh, obviously, I, I identify myself as completely Indian and completely American at the same time because that's that's how uh, that's how I've been brought up. There was a lot of there was a lot of times when I didn't know how to identify myself for quite a while, but you know I've accepted or understood myself as this person who is you know two different personalities altogether. Uh, maybe that's why I'm a Gemini, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> My sister is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, that Carnatic training side, um, I was in every musical and every music course uh, through grade school, uh, all the way, th you know, all the way to twelfth grade. I was the drum major of my marching band. I was uh, part of the drum line, so I used to be. I used to play the bass and then uh, toms. Uh, so it was it was a, a very musical upbringing. Um, both educationally and from the family side too, um, I I can't remember or I, ca I can't like I can't even tell you how many times we would listen to music, mostly ARSR stuff, in the car while we explore the country. You know, we start off in Pittsburgh. We're just learning. One, my parents are just learning how to drive in this brand new country, and we just we get a car, we put uh, put the latest set in the in the car, and we just go for hours and hours and hours. Uh, mostly get lost because we were still trying to figure out how to read a map to get from like <laughs> Pittsburgh to wherever it is that we were going. But you know, those those memories will always stay with me because music was uh, music was the background for every single experience for us um, from start to finish. So good, love it. And yeah. um, do you have a favorite raga, or you might have I, more than one? I take it. Yeah, uh, I I do have quite a few favorite ragas, uh, but I Kalyani is great, Hamza Dhoni is great, uh, but for me, I think I focus more on the tune more than figuring out what raga it is, what dhanam it is. It's probably because of the way I learned Kannada music. It wasn't strictly um, by the books per se, right? So because of the because of the time difference or the mm -hmm. or the time it took to learn a single raga I, I think i learned 
from a more sonic point of view. Mm. So if someone asks me whatever, what's your favorite? I would, I'd rather sing a song that that uh, appeals to me or makes me feel a certain way more than more than say, oh, I like I like this raga because of X, Y, and Z. Um, I know people may disagree with with the way I feel about uh, uh, explaining, you know, my favorite ragas, etc. But I, I know to me. I'm a strong believer of each person having their own experience um, or their own unique perspective on how they learn music. This is how I learn music. Yeah. I'm now going back. Um, honestly, I'm going back to the basics. It's almost like, you know, you go through grade, you go through college, you start a job, you're very successful, and then you have a kid. And then basically you have to start the whole thing over because you're relearning the ABCs all the way up until algebra, whatever it is with your kid. Um, I haven't gone through those experiences yet, but that's what I feel like about myself i'm now going back and honestly becoming my own researcher and going back to figure out what those ragas are why certain sonic uh, elements uh, appeal to me or um why i view to those directions more so i think maybe when we do another podcast uh, session let's say a year from now i'll be able to i'll be able to sit down and talk about one raga for for the long time possible probably <laughs> I hope it doesn't really take another year to break it back. I'm sure it's going to be another few months. Uh, so, um, how should I put it? So, is there a raga that makes you happy? Or sonic-wise, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, Kalyani is beautiful. Hamza Dwani is always beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, Ari Kambodi is always um, But right now, my teacher is actually teaching me songs about... Um, uh, songs that relate to the Navagrahas. So mm, yeah. every day is a certain song. So I, we had classes on Wednesday, and uh, he taught me the song that is for Wednesday. So I'm 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 going through that way. So it's it's a really interesting educational journey, and um, nice. I can't wait to you know dive deeper into those. Of course, and <laughs> something interesting that I heard um, when Rohit was on the podcast, right? He said he he has um, he goes through phases with each of the ragas like for example he goes through a copy phase for some time and then it's a love-hate relationship between him and the ragas yeah does that happen with you or is is that uh, I, I think i i would go more uh in the way of earworms there are right certain yeah. songs certain ragas certain you know uh pop culture songs english hindi Kannada or whatever it is you know there, there are some songs that literally stick with me to the point where i wake up and it's still playing in my head to the point where i'm like i need to i need to listen to another song for so that this, you know this gets out of my head for a while but that's 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 what i call earworm uh and that's when i know that whoever classical non-classical has you know whoever's written this song was really smart or knew what they were doing to, to you know have the earworm right in there yeah, for sure. Yep. Dude, uh, I'm a sucker for Carnatic music. My, I've told this to Rohit as well when he came on the podcast that my grandma used to be a music teacher in the past and I regret not learning from her. But however, uh, I, you know, if someone says that they, they are from a Carnatic background, I can't resist asking them to sing something in Carnatic. Dude, please sing anything you like. Yeah, uh, my most favorite song uh, is actually in Ramalika 
my my grandmother used to my grandmother taught me this song and my mom used to sing this as a lullaby when I you know to put me to sleep as a kid and it's been it stuck with me ever since um, people who are near and dear to me are probably very bored of me singing this song but this song still is one of those songs where like you know this it's it's an earworm like I like I like I mentioned before but this is a good earworm where I have never asked to listen to another song because I can listen to this all the time um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's Sri Chakra Raja in uh, Raja. Wow, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I've heard the song in my childhood too. And then have you heard the Maharaj Puram? Uh, Maharaj Puram is it? Yeah. Uh, his version of this song? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. My dad used to play this like crazy in those old tape recorders. Sri Chakraja Simhasaneshwari Sri Lalita Yambike Sri Chakraja Simhasaneshwari Sri Lalita Yambike Bhuvaneshwari Agama Veda Kaila Maya Rupini Agama Veda Kaila Maya Rupini Akhila Chara Chara Janani Narayani Naga Kankana Natarajamanugari Jnana Vigneshwari Rajarajeshwari Palavidamayayuni Palavidamayayuni Adavum Padavum Palavidamayayuni Adavum Padavum Adikonda Dumanbar Padamalachudavum Tamanaki Bhavani Padmeshwari Nitya Kalyani Bhavani Padmeshwari Tumba Pudaliliti Tumba Pudaliliti Tuyavanaki Vaita Tunba Pudatilite 
தூயவனாக்கி வைத்தாய் தொடர்ந்த முன்மாயம் நீங்கி பிறந்த பயனை தந்தாய் தொடர்ந்த முன்மாயம் நீக்கி பிறந்த பயனை தந்தாய் அன்பை புகழ்ச்சி உந்தன் காண செய்தாய் அன்பை புகழ்ச்சி உந்தல் ஆடலை காண செய்தாய் அடைக்கலம் அடைக்கலம் நீயே அம்மா கீழாண்டேஸ்வரி அடைக்கலம் நீயே அம்மா கீழாண்டேஸ்வரி ஸ்ரீ ஜக்கராஜ சிம்ஹாசனேஸ்வரி ஸ்ரீலலிதா அம்பிக்கே புவனேஸ்வரி beautiful man amazing i love it you you almost got tears in my eyes because i mean it just oh. took me back brought back all my childhood memories where i'm running around the house and my party would uh, make coffee in the kitchen and my dad will play the song and uh, my party will come to the living room just when maharaj prasantanam uh, start singing yeah oh my god wow amazing i love it it's incredible what sound does to your own memory and what what it brings out right so it's just Indeed. Every, every time i try to sing this song you know uh, straight through with dalam i'm not able to because my emotions kind of get the best yeah. of me and i and i'm completely taken back to times when my grandmother who basically brought me up until i was 7 or 8 until you know until we moved to the us there's so many memories that just uh it's like it's in fast forward while you, while i'm singing the song they're just all like racing through exactly like wow. you said yeah so um, yeah it's one of my favorites cuz i still remember my my party used to be a, a music teacher as i told you and then she always used to tell me why don't you come upstairs when i'm teaching classes and then learn something and yeah i never found the value of it then i was too little to understand and then now i regret anyway um uh, dude you don't have to i love it, it. Just, like it's it's that's what i'm saying right there's there's never an end for mm. for music so if you're still interested and it doesn't matter if you don't want to sing or whatever it is but just yeah. like me you come come on the journey with me and we'll we'll go back and start listening to ragas and and you know we'll we'll, we'll figure it out um <laughs> thanks that's, buddy that's, there was there were so many times when i always felt embarrassed when when someone would come and ask like what's your favorite raga or can you recognize this uh yeah. song that this person is singing I was unable to but I'm I'm okay with it because uh music means something very special to me and it's only me that's that's how I appreciate it that's how mm-hmm. I take it and uh I I choose to go back and learn the you know almost basics into like lecture level notes on uh, every raga at this time so mm-hmm. I don't mind being the researcher now you know 25 30 years after I've started learning uh, Carnatic music so my point is to you there's never there's never you know better time to start than now so you can always sure. start with for yeah. sure um actually just when you describe uh something just just occurred in my mind um so since you go with the sonic right so 
so does that mean when let's say a song from sir studio comes out and it's purely carnatic based and it kind of sounds like one of the ragas that you actually love so are you naturally inclined towards that is that is is that an expected behavior if i can say it yeah i think that's a interesting question um and actually quite amazing uh because i'm ab- i'm going to able to you know i'll be able to tell you uh something that's probably very unique to how he uh, sir connects with uh, yeah. the artist yeah. that he works with so yeah we all know that all the songs that he goes into or develops uh let's say there is a carnatic sounding song like rasali right yeah there are so rasali in itself is a ragamalika because i don't think he ever follows one particular uh raga mm. in any song that he creates Correct. and that's that's incredible but you know but from what he does and and all the uh intricate variations that he goes into the middle of the song and somehow somehow magically comes back to the top line uh uh you know you know the top line tune so i think uh from sir's perspective and from how i take music when it is presented to me and there's a new song i have to you know sit and make sense out of it in the you know the 2 hour session that we might have um for me again it's all about the feel it's all mm-hmm. about how the song um affects me and how the lyrics once i understand it um i i give particular attention to making sure whatever language that i sing although i'm a multilingual singer i can sing telugu hindi punjabi whatever it is but i can because i am uh Uh, I was brought up on the Tamil side of my family. I understand Tamil lyrics the most. But because I've learned Carnatic music, I can pronounce uh Telugu lyrics very, very well. So, although I can't understand a lot of the words, I make sure that I speak with either the uh uh, uh the lyricist or someone who is intimately uh familiar with the language and make sure that I understand every nuance of the word so if i'm singing a particular word i want to know why i'm singing it and mm-hmm. and what it should and how it makes me feel once i understand it so for me it's not necessarily j- just the tune is the entire package so once i understand that package what i output from here onto the computer is what comes of it um and and is is the understanding of the entire package amazing wow great and and of course i'm going to deep dive into a number of songs but we will go with the floor right now um before i do that um so you're you're a strategy consultant by the day and I, yeah actually uh i am a strategy consultant by the day but that is now part time i've been right. uh, i dove into music full time uh for the last years now um wow. i've been working on my own body of work um uh it's in all english but it encompasses all the genres that we're talking today so yes. it's, it's like i said i'm completely indian i'm completely american so those influences i didn't even have to try it's just, it's just what comes when i produce the music so yeah. uh it was my you know like i've been i've been featured on i've been lucky to be have been have been featured on a number of productions with a lot of other people mm. and those have been successful but uh this has been the first time when outside of my family or my close friends uh fans or just the you know existing world out there can mm-hmm. can have a listen to who I really am uh what li- you know the lyrics that write and the lyrics that I co-write with my wife um 
you know, what they really mean to me. So this uh, first project, it's it's been coming out in the form of singles, and mm -hmm. most recently, just a couple weeks ago, it came out. Uh, I released an EP. So uh, I I wrote nine songs for this first album. Eight of the songs have released. Uh, we're finalizing mix and master for the ninth song. So that's going to come out in early Feb. So mm -hmm. that first chapter is already done now, and uh, I'm already working on chapters two through. 13 whatever it is wow. <laughs> at the moment okay um yeah and i've and i've made a pledge myself and uh the people who follow me and, and just the social world out there that uh regardless of what happens i'm going to write produce record mix master and publish uh one new single a month every month, every month yeah. for I this saw entire that. year so uh, uh it's been it's been a fantastic journey it's gonna so keep you on your toes it already is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's not nerve wracking because it's it's what I love to do. So I, I this is what I focus most of my day on. And you know, I'll still I'll still get a couple projects here and there from uh, my past life as an entertainment consultant. Yeah. Um, like I, I went to, I went to Carnegie Mellon for uh, a master's in entertainment industry management, and that's what actually brought me out to LA to start right. working on the business side of the entertainment industry. So I. Um, I helped a lot of brands become relevant in popular culture for about eight years. Um, mm. So those uh, those learnings from the brands I've taken as my own artist. So I'm basically treating myself as a as the subject and as the brand, and I'm operating uh, a one stop shop for everything from production to marketing. So that's uh, that's definitely keeping me on my toes. Amazing. And how has the journey been? Because uh, apart from singing, you also delved into the music production side of things as well. So I take it there must have been a lot of learning along the way. Uh, so as you know, going to the absolute basics of uh, working on Logic Pro and things like that, just talk me through it. Uh, how did you just go about learning to do what you wanted to, uh, let's say, achieve? Yeah, uh, in essence, when you have no other choice but to do it by yourself, you tend to learn quite quickly. <laughs> so uh, I, I've always dabbled in in production. I've always, again, it goes back to Sonic, uh, yeah. uh, Sonic state of mind from right. So I, um, I always know what I want to record. I always know how I wanted it, I want to record it. But there are times when I don't know how to translate what's in here and in here and in here onto a uh, onto Logic Pro or any DAW that people work on. So, um, but you know, I just out of a necessity, even before I went into uh, working on music full time, when I used to work on singles myself or collaborations with other people, I had to learn how to do this. So it kind of started quite early on when I started to do my own covers on YouTube and, you know, collaborate with other people. Mm -hmm. So it started off with the most simple of recording devices, which was Audacity, which was a, yeah. a freeware software and not nothing near this mic. It was just a, like a Logitech computer mic <laughs> that, that I used and I made the best of it, you know, because sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's the best thing not to know the most amount of information about a certain subject because you're just like, these are the resources that I have. Let's go for it. Let's do let's do what we can with it. And a lot of times you'll come up with a lot of creative ways to um, put your ideas on uh, onto Logic or whatever DAW you're working on. Uh, so it started off like that. Um, 
but for the last three years when, when I knew that I had to learn how to produce, I had to learn uh, everything from, from the very basics of uh, like how to automate things to picking the right plugins on mm -hmm. Logic Pro and making sure I know my way around basic EQing and mixing and all that stuff. It was hours and hours and hours of of uh, YouTubing. It was uh, reading, uh, talking to my you know circle of friends who are mix engineers and mastering engineers and yeah. recording engineers and uh, learning everything about from from like what a sound card is or yeah indeed <laughs> why why I need all this equipment in in the house and, and you know it's just why can't my you know why can't my laptop just record it it was, it was that basic. Uh, when I wanted to go into making this album, yeah. But now you know I know amps, and I know what frequency my high pass needs to be, and and which mic works best for my type of voice. Uh, not all mics are the same, so you know it's it may be trivial to a lot of people, but uh, again, I'll, I'll I'll go to the moral of the story, which is when when you are presented with a situation where you need to do it, you tend to do it. <laughs> Beautiful, and you're doing. Everything that you just mentioned all by yourself in terms of recording, mixing, mastering, production. In the beginning, yes. You're right. Um, I, I recorded, basically recorded the entire album, uh, pseudo mixed and mastered it by mm. myself because I had no other choice. And then when I started to share the body of work in a private SoundCloud account to like a mix friend yeah. that I know and a master friend that I know and, and someone else in industry, etc. You know, they gave me some pointers and uh, we started working together and then, you know, I I found my uh, I, I don't know, I, I'll, I'll call him my, like, music soulmate. Uh, his name is Sharat. Uh, he goes by Nagari as his artist name. Um, he's worked in Indianaga a whole bunch. We have yet to meet in person, by the way, uh, <laughs> in the three years that we've worked together. But he and I co-worked and developed redeveloped a lot of aspects of all of the songs um, because he's a very good uh, uh producer and a mixer so he he got on board and then i had you know a lot of uh instrumentalist friends who came on board and say okay hey i can i can do this live for you you don't have to program this on a keyboard um so it's just like my family that is this album expanded from just this one person and then two people, which was my wife and I, and then it expanded to a, a, a small group of like five or six people. Um, so just seeing my own evolution from uh, uh, from how I started to how I understand things now and how I know how to record properly. Like, I can't be recording like this, and you know this is the, this is the right distance. You know, uh, you 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 learn so many things on the fly and so immediately. Um, I, and and I, I just feel so lucky that I have been even provided this time and this opportunity where I have the support of my family. I have the support of my wife to say, hey, it's okay. I know this is this is what you want to do. So go do it. And there's, there's not a lot of people who are lucky enough to have this support system to say, this is really scary when you when you've had a, you know a, a, a paying job for you know close to a decade and now you're gonna stop yeah and you're gonna try this thing out by yourself and actually sir had initial conversations about saying hey i uh and th these were times when we were just recording for i and mm -hmm. with my, 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 and all that stuff and we were just you know getting to know each other a little bit more mm -hmm. and i said sir i you know i i'm i'm afraid to 
take the dive and then go into the deep end. And uh, I remember him very clearly telling me that there's only one way to do it is to jump. <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was, uh, that's when things really started to, uh, come to place for me, um, from an emotional and a mental sense to, to, yeah, to have yeah. the confidence to dive into this and do it full time. Right. And so your wife is a musician too, is it? She's not, she's not a musician, but, uh, she is, is a fantastic writer. So, uh, she and I songwrite, uh, many of the songs together. A, a couple of the songs from the album are completely written by her. So, um, it's, uh, it's, again, I'm just, I'm just lucky to have found her and, and have someone who I can, you know, relate <laughs> with and explain myself to and, and share all these ideas and actually collaborate, um, just in the same room all the time. You know, it's great. <laughs> and someone who supports you in your journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, I mean, you obviously took the plunge from, you know, full-time job and making that in part-time and then making music as full-time. How was the transition? That phase must have been, um, how should I put it? Challenging is not the word that I really want to use, but how did you go about in that phase? where you had to make that shift and then uh, the things that were running in your mind and then how did you combat all those and it's not easy because like for example i mean uh, a podcast keeps me on my toes and so many other things but i could never imagine myself leaving my full-time it job and then pursuing this full-time but that's me i just basically want to hear from you so that myself and a lot of others get inspired that's all yeah, I um, I don't think I could ever have quantified when I made the leap to do this full time what it actually entailed because right, it's a life experience, right? So uh, when I when I quit the job, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to spend the next three months writing the entire album, and by June I, I quit in December, right? And I said by June. My first album is going to be out, and it's going to be great. We're going to promote the crap out of it, and and we're gonna uh, we're gonna be you know we're gonna be famous, and all you know all this stuff that that people who don't really know what the experience is like think about. What I didn't know was that it took me six months to actually get out of the rut of oh my god, I what am I doing with my life? You know, this is is this this actually going to work? There's there's so much that you have to get over in your own mental self and yeah. the walls that you've put up only by yourself, no one else. Correct. And so it took me almost three, I'd say like six months to, to develop the headspace to say, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the recording booth and I'm going to create something. And when you go into the recording booth, you actually it's almost like yoga, right? The, everyone says you have to do pranayama, you have to do breathing exercises, and that's the only way you clear your head. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it took me, it took me that long for, for my head to clear and to have the headspace and to begin uh, pouring my emotions out on paper because I had never done that before, right? So it's, it wasn't just like, I'm going to go become a playback singer or I'm going to move to India and, and, and try to work with a whole bunch of people as much as much as possible to, mm. to get 
get on to film, get on to tracks. I said to myself, I'm going to make my own body of work <laughs> with basically no like label support or anything like that. Just do my own thing, develop this body of work, and then see what happens. So I, I couldn't have... I don't think anyone could have imagined like everything that you need to go through mentally to come up to a point where you're able to write clearly, develop, uh, uh, develop and put music or produce a song that relates to you more than anyone else hmm. first. So uh, yeah, th those six months were definitely tough. But after that, it was just like, okay, song one is done. Song two is about this emotion. And you, you, you start diving deeper and you, you write drafts and, and, and you edit. And, it's just a, and you apply a lot of the things that you learn from your work experience, right? So like, how do you process manage and time manage and project manage yourself? Project managing yourself, at least for me, is one of the hardest things to do. Mm. I can project manage, I can project manage like 20 brands at the same time, but it's very hard to put the same things that I'm telling other people to do onto myself. That's another thing that, you know, took me a while to realize. But, you know, the, the fast forward three years later and here I am uh, with the headspace where I'm able to write a song in a day and, and produce a song and have my core team of people mix and master it for me and, and push it out there. So it's like now it's become a well-oiled well machine, much like your podcast is. So like now... I'm sure between your first podcast and our conversation now, you have a process flow and you you know like what to expect and, and, and how to go about editing things and and how long things take to process from start to finish. So it's just um it's now it has become like riding a bicycle. But before I was stumbling and falling and falling and trying to figure out my own self for the longest time and I learned that it's okay to be confused and and I and now I've learned about how I can write about what I'm thinking about and about my emotions onto paper. So that in itself is my own version of meditation and, and pranayama and all the all the yoga stuff that a lot of people tell us to do. Yeah, um, that is my escape of of you know shutting the world and 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 giving myself the space to to create. So good, I love it. <laughs> so amazing. Um, so Berkeley. That's yeah. that. That's that. How should I put it? You met your friends over there. Should I say it? I some of I your friends. I uh, yeah. I've never attended Berkeley College of Music, but uh, I think through like Kevin and Rohit and a whole bunch of people who've been to Berkeley, I've I've had the pleasure of knowing a lot of people from uh, from Berkeley. Actually, my mix engineer Gary uh, Purohit is from Berkeley as well. So right. He, just another friend that I met from uh, from all these people so it's just I although it's a passive connection to the university I feel like I know Berkeley <laughs> even though I've never been to Berkeley <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's been great the I've 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 had a couple of chances to work with people like Annette and uh, Rohit and I are really good friends now yeah. Um, yeah obviously Gary's like my right-hand man now with with all the tracks that I've uh, been working on so it's been um, yeah, it's it's uh, Kevin also is from Berkeley, so it's yes. just like somehow all the connections go back to Berkeley, and and uh, although I didn't get, go there, I feel like I kind of uh, I don't know earned like an online degree from Berkeley or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a passive connection, but uh, I definitely feel like it's a strong connection. Nice, nice, and um, 
and meeting sir for the first time uh, happened around that time then so uh i met sir during my uh grad school days um right so uh so i grad school was 2013 2015 uh no 2011 to 2013 so i met yeah. him because i was an intern at a company called qki which is a bangalore based company um uh, and I was working with the CEO at the time where uh, I believed in their mission. I believed in their vision. I believed in having, um, uh, I mean, Kuki's, you know, platform at the time was to have this like baseline area where all creatives from India can be in this platform and, mm -hmm. and have other people like AR Sir, et cetera, kind of, uh, it's, it, it turned to like a LinkedIn for artists, basically. Yeah. Like you like, and say I want to I want to find this type of singer I want this type of painter artist whatever it is so I really loved what they were trying to do they had just launched at the time yeah. so uh, I had gone to Bangalore just for like Christmas break or whatever uh, for for a couple weeks and I had sent CEO a link message saying hey I really like what you guys are doing and I feel I mean like um, no, his name was Punacha at the time uh, right. Punacha okay so uh, I I, e I emailed him and said, hey, I really like what you guys are doing, and I feel like this platform could have a huge impact for all South Asians living in the United States and in North America and in beyond. Mm -hmm. So let me let me become your like virtual research intern to do market research for you for the US. And he said, Great, right. let's 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 work it out. So he and I had a direct relationship where I was basically his intern and then I, I was doing a lot of research for him. Um, and that was one of my internships for, for grad school. So uh, there was one time where he made a business trip over to LA, which is where I was at the time. And, uh, you know, he, he gave me a call and he said, hey, um, I'm meeting ARSER for, for lunch. Um, and I think you should come with me. <laughs> my phone, like, slipped from my hands. <laughs> it fell down. You know, all the things that you see in movies happened to me because I... That's the last thing that I expected. I only wanted to become an intern for him because I believed in the uh, uh, believed in the program and believed yeah. in what the company was doing. And yes, of course, I knew that AR uh, Sir was uh, uh, one of the people who were a part of launching the company, etc. But I never, never expected anything even remotely close to what happened on that day. So I. I I'm definitely blessed and and super lucky to have been at the right place at the right time um and you know he said let's uh uh let's meet him for lunch and that's that's how it started so um i didn't know where he lived and uh yeah. he ended up yeah. like living really close to where my place was at the time so i just like it, it, was, it was all crazy so I, I, we met him for uh we met him for lunch that day and he asked me, you know, what, what my story is. And I gave a very quick background about what I do. And I thought that was it. I just, I just came with Punancha because we were talking about work or whatever it is. And, um, I didn't, I didn't think that I would ever see sir again after that day. So I was just like, okay, this is, you know, check off my list. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, this is one of the bucket list items of my life. Mm -hmm. I just went about my life. And, uh, then I got a call. I think like a day or two after saying, Hey, um, we might need you to do some background vocals for a project. Would you be available? Phone fell on once again. Uh, this time it was in the office, <laughs> but I was like, 
yes, can I come after five o'clock because I'm still in the office. <laughs> you know, so it started. It started like that, and um, that's that's kind of how our, our you know relationship with each other started. So I go in there. <clears throat> And the song was Idan mm. Al-Varayl, and uh, it ended up not being the background vocals, and I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, so I was obviously as nervous as anyone would be going in and, and realizing who you're working with for the first time, but the thing that he does so beautifully well is that he makes you feel like a collaborator rather than someone who is called in to do or to put their voice on some part of a project and then leave. Get it. That that puts your mind and your soul and your emotion ease so much that that's the only way to get the right emotions onto the track. So, of course, I was nervous for, the I would say, the first two minutes of seeing him again. And then right after that, he... I don't know what he did. It was either just... His demeanor, the way he spoke to me, and the way he made everyone in the room feel comfortable, that I immediately felt like a collaborator. And, and I felt like uh, I felt like I could share my ideas with him to say, hey, what if we try this for this line, you know? And and I wasn't afraid to ask and do things like that. So it was, it's so amazing the way he makes people feel. And I'm sure you've heard this from every other person that you've spoken to about how comfortable he makes people feel. Mm. And um, it just opens up so many possibilities for for what you can create you know with each other doing in a session indeed yeah. and was it a late night recording or what i'm just curious that's all <laughs> it started at six um i'm it not sure how long in the morning it, yeah i'm not sure how long i was there uh it was it was a while at least um you know obviously the i, I honestly cannot say how long i was there because yeah uh, it was it was such a cloud nine moment of like oh my god what am I doing right now so it's just like uh, obviously like no one would leave but uh, I, at the yeah. end of the project I was just so happy and again even at that moment I'm like okay here's like eight other boxes that are ticked I'm good see you in the next life you know have a wonderful that's obviously I'm saying all this to myself in my head not to him yeah. uh, but like it was it was fantastic and that's how the relationship started and. And he calls me again for uh, Ai. Uh, sh- yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Shokali. And then Ai showed up. And then uh, Pele showed up. Yeah. And, uh, so it was, it was, it's just, it was and is just an incredible um, working relationship with, uh, with Sir. Very nice. Great. Yeah. T- tell me about Shokali. Yeah. Uh, what was the recording like? And I'm just curious because um, when this song came out, I was so glued to it. And then I, it's still one of my favorites. I love it. And um, I still do play it when I ride my motorbike and stuff. Not deliberately, but oh, I, I have a certain playlist where this song does get featured in that. And then, yeah, um, yeah just just tell me anything that comes to your mind. Shokali was probably one of the most interesting projects that I've ever been part of because uh like everyone knows the tune of the song now like the how the vocals go but i got just the instrumentals where it started off by going and for a minute i'm just like i don't know how to sing this song but you know we just we just work together and 
he again it, it's one it was uh sonic identification two lyric identification three making sure the package i understood the whole thing from, you know left right and center yeah so once i realized what the song is about and how it's you know it's like a song about swag and and the bike is only an alliteration to to uh, to the character being played. So it's just, once I understood all that, I knew that like, I had to come in there and sing. Like I knew, you know, I, I I'm, I'm so con meaning me as in the character, the character is so confident in what he's talking about. So that's how it started off. And we tried, uh, a, a few variations of how the line should go and how the course line should go. And, and ultimately what, what you hear now was the final product. And, um, I, was ecstatic when it came out because it's such a unique song it's it it's is. it's not just like a it's not a, it's not a what what you want to call a traditional song is but so i i feel really lucky to have been part of genuinely unique tracks i i think with with Sir mm. because uh shokali i think was one of its kind like with, the, with the rap and the way the the way the tune was in and and and, and how he pro progressed the track from you know from mm -hmm. start to finish. Right. Same Maybe. same with Ayla. Like this, yeah. uh, I, I honestly had the same emotion with Ayla, but uh, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump. No, the, please do, please do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, same thing. Like all of a sudden, I mean, towards the end, how we turn into that uh, uh, turn. It, me and Natalie turned the song into this like operatic ending. That was. Uh, I don't think that was planned but right. at least on my end it wasn't planned but because natalie is like this wonderful opera singer yeah. and, uh, you know she 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 has so many operatic runs in that entire song uh all of a sudden we we're like hey why don't you do you know how to sing opera and i said yeah i've actually been trained in opera back in school um and then you know we, we said you know let's let's try the you know that that, that crazy thing in the end it was such a fun collaborative project and uh yeah incredible memories even with that song amazing <laughs> so good I, I yeah that's that's one of my favorites as well i love it and <laughs> and you also worked on pele both of the legend yeah what was it like it was oh my gosh he, and you got, anna beatrice was also part of that kevin was also part of that anna kevin uh, uh, a whole bunch of other people actually, but yes. uh, I, I get a call from Sir, and he's like, "Hey, uh, do you know how to speak Portuguese?" <laughs> I said, "No, sir, I don't know how to speak Portuguese, but I am very good with accents, and I, if I learn how to speak something phonetically, I'm fairly confident that I'll be able to uh, pronounce words correctly." And he was like, "Okay, uh, okay, let's 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 try this." And then I go over, and Anna, who wrote the song. Is sitting there. That's the first time I met Anna. Now she and I are like one of the closest friends. So like, uh, uh, you know, we're we're sitting there, and I told Anna, like Anna, I don't know Portuguese, <laughs> but if you tell me how to pronounce things very slowly, I will write the phonetic versions of each word onto a piece of paper, and make sure that I cross check everything with you. Make sure my three steps of uh, sonic understanding, lyric understanding, and making sure the package is together. Make sure that you give me the sign off as these lyrics sound like a Portuguese guy came and yeah. sang Portuguese. Uh, uh, so it was a couple of intense hours of me learning the lyrics and working with Anna yeah. and, 
and we just went for it. We just went for it and and uh, and that song, and it's one of the most favorite songs ever <laughs> for me. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it's such an amazing soundtrack as well, man. And yeah, yeah, it always takes me to another world when I just play it. Man, there's so many tracks in it. It's incredible. I don't. I. Th- I can't even begin to imagine how many uh, stems there are on there. Uh, maybe 200, maybe 300, not, not 300. Probably like 150 to 200 stems in there with, with all the elements. But uh, yeah. it's, yeah, it was such an incredible project. Um, and we had to, the very few people that were in the studio had to make sure that this song sounded, that the idea was to get this song sounding like the entire football stadium was singing mm-hmm. the song. So that's why you hear this like epic, you know, music line and all the vocals. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just me, it was a whole bunch of people who were part of the uh, vocals over there to create yeah. that yeah. thick sound. So it was, it was a fantastic experience. And that was in his LA studio, was it? Yeah, all of these songs were yeah. recorded yeah. in the LA studio. I think I recorded the Telugu <sighs> version of Shokali. Mm. Chennai, but everything else was done in LA. Right. What's his LA studio like? Just sort of curious. Yeah, um, it's like a legitimate studio. It doesn't feel like a home or anything like that. They they poured their hearts into creating this phenomenal studio. So it's just like this amazing, uh, uh, you know, engineering side where they have all the gear that you would need for, for any you know theater production. Um, or, uh, you know, movie production. And then there was a fantastic vocal booth in the back. Um, I think, you know, instrumentalists could have come there and recorded things too. So it was just like a, it's a full studio. Mm. Uh, um, and they, you know, this, it's, it's one of the, it's like a holy grail for me when I go there. And like right outside, there's this beautiful Steinway piano um, mm. uh, that's like double mic'd and it, it goes straight into the studio. It's beautiful. Uh, nice. I love going there. <laughs> and and then the songs that you recorded were around 2015 2016-ish, right? And that was the time when he still had the Bentley, didn't he? I think... Yeah. Uh, I think I came in after the Bentley. Okay. <laughs> I, don't remember, I, don't, I don't remember seeing it. Uh, it, may, it may have been there, but uh, I, I, I don't remember seeing the Bentley. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've only, yeah. I think I've I've only heard about it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the I haven't seen the car or I hadn't. <laughs> seen the car. Great. And any off the record conversations at all with Sir? Um, apart from, you know, your your um, your intention to jump into music full time and which we discussed already, but is there anything else? Did he crack a joke or we know that he's got an insane sense of humor? He has a fantastic sense of humor. Uh, I so besides the studio uh, recording, I was also lucky enough to perform with him uh, once in Chennai and uh, uh, once in San Francisco and once in Vegas. Uh, these were private Super. shows in the U.S. Yeah. Um, my most favorite memory was uh, it's it's not that he was cracking any inside joke, but it's I. I we we were on stage. Uh, I was singing Chaya Chaya with him. I played the part of Sundarji, like you know, he wasn't there, so I had to I take on all those lines. And uh, he and I were going back and forth with each of the lines, and it was a surreal experience for me to to 
to be, again, be that collaborator role or be part of that collaborator role where, you know, I was standing over here and you're standing over here and we were able to, like, without cueing each other, look at each other and know when, like, he wanted to sing a part of the line and I wanted to sing a part of the line. And it's just, although it's not an inside joke or anything that he cracked, that that connection that I felt yeah. with him at that time, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to explain that to, I mean, more so than I did now, I guess, but, like, that feeling was so incredible. It's just for sure. Anyone who it doesn't even have to be music, right? It, when you mm-hmm. when you connect with someone with whatever it is that you're working on, and you just know how to co- you know coordinate with each other just with eye contact and and like knowing what's gonna what's about to go next. Um, that's that was just an incredible feeling. So I think that was uh, amongst everything probably the most uh, favorite of my memories so far. So good, love it. <laughs> And, and now that you're fully into your music, um, has there been any learnings that you took away f- with your collaborations with Sir? Like more from, it could be in any phase of a life cycle of your project, let's say music production uh, or could be anything. Is there any key takeaway at all? Yeah, I, he, when he, sorry about the disturbance, uh, when he has an idea he will do his best to make sure that the idea is captured in some way, mm. either on a voice note or like go and produce a song, whatever it is, immediately. Mm. And that's something that I found truly intriguing. Like there's, there's some t- like for me at least, I, I think I get the best ideas in the shower because that that's some sort of like peaceful moment for me. I, think. I can relate. And <laughs> when I get when I get those ideas, I have to make sure that as soon the second, either like keep repeating it, and as soon as I get out of the shower, record it on my phone, and then as quickly as possible come up to the studio and start start working the idea out, um, because I I don't want to call it divine intervention, but there is some form of spirituality in every song that you make, which I truly believe in, and and mm-hmm. there is a reason why you think about certain things or why a certain idea comes at a certain point in time. And you have to strike the iron while it's hot. I think that's the I think that's the phrase. You have to strike the iron while it's hot and make sure that you try your best to expand on the idea. You might discard it five minutes from now, an hour from now, a day from whatever it is. But to me, the fact that I tried the idea, even if it doesn't work, is very satisfying. So that's one thing that I uh, definitely took away from him. And the same thing is is obviously to make people feel comfortable and mm-hmm. not that i have any sort of notoriety to say oh you do know who i am or whatever it is but what i took from that is make sure that you act as a collaborator yourself regardless of who you work with so i mean i, I work with this person andrew dawson who's a multi-grammy winner and he's worked mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of people but even he does the same thing and that just sort of um uh, uh like solidified that thought Mm. It doesn't matter how big you are. The, the the fact is that everyone who comes together for a certain project is in it for the same reason. To make a fantastic product. So there's no point in like having ego in the way, you know, any any of those things. Just like move all those away, put, th- put that away in the next room whatever it is and make sure that you bring all of your creative creative ideas to the table and and you allow others to collaborate with you. So I think those are the two biggest takeaways um, for how he works that I've definitely applied to every facet of 
uh, not even just not just music, but every facet of my life. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I, w- I was actually just about to ask you how has it had an impact in your non-music life per se, and then you just answered it because it <laughs> it, it it makes a difference, right? I mean, even for me, I mean, every little interaction that I've had with I've had with Sir and the ones that I have with him, uh, there's always something to uh, get inspired. and then whatever he says is very deep and gets you thinking <laughs> yeah yeah you never like he he can joke around and also say something so interesting and deep at the same moment that yeah. it almost takes you a full minute to understand what's happening <laughs> and then and, you, and then you realize what just happened and then you figure out that this man regardless of the amount of projects that he's working on and the the amount of commitments or whatever it is yeah still has the headspace to be clear in his thought and 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 have the ability to put ideas onto paper you know whatever the uh, mm. form of paper is you know mm. put those ideas down as quickly as possible and still be clear in his thought so that i think that's something that a lot of people spend their entire lifetimes trying to achieve and the fact that he has the ability to do that is no work no worries for that yeah so amazing and now that you're here as in uh the stage of your life uh with um you know music being your uh complete passion and then whilst uh, other things are part time what do your parents have to say they you know I, they support me and they want to see me succeed and you know th- just that in itself is is a huge feat for i uh, for a lot of parents because sure. this is scary like it's scary for myself so why wouldn't my parents be scared right yeah so of course of course they're nervous of course they're scared and you know i'm not i'm not 14 or 16 trying to dive you know put myself into the music industry there's plenty plenty of people who are t- more talented than me who are clawing their ways to make make sure that they their voice is heard or their creative ideas are heard and 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 are shared with the world so like spotify uh i'll give you an example before yeah. the yeah. pandemic released 40,000 new singles every day before the pandemic so my battle for my one single that comes out once a month is probably close to 60,000 singles a day Yeah. So it's it's of course natural for my parents or my family to be nervous about, you know, what the future lays ahead. But the fact that they've given me the freedom to make my choice and dive deep into exploring this to its fullest extent, whatever the result may be. I I don't think I can ask for anything else. So good. Amazing. And have you Have you set a goal for yourself or uh, some sort of a timeline saying okay by 2023 I want to be here things like that it doesn't have to be I'm just asking that's all Yeah I mean or are you a goals driven person that's probably what I'm trying to ask Yeah yeah I think uh I think in the very beginning 3 years ago when I said yeah. I'm going to give myself 6 months to write yeah, this album yeah. it'll be great and I'll I'll do you know albums 2 and 3 for the next 6 months after that I I think it's also part of that journey where you realize that if you put yourself to a certain time constraint you are semi setting up yourself for failure 
Mm. Not that I'm not realistic about things or whatever it is. You know, I I don't know what lies ahead for me. I uh, 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 I believe in the music that I'm working on, and I'm super excited that I'm already working on chapters two through thirteen already. So it's 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 truly fantastic. But you know, I I'm I don't think I'm. I'm goals driven and goals oriented, but I also have learned my lesson in knowing that some things just take time and you have to keep at it and it will click and uh, getting myself to that stage of thinking um, took a while and I could not have done it without the support of my wife, support mm -hmm. of my family and, and just honestly like them constantly telling me that this is going to take some time and you just have to keep going and you just have to keep at it and and you know kudos to my wife because so many times where you know i want to just break down and say like am i doing the right thing but she keeps me up and she's like you've you've already done so much you just got to keep going and um you can't ask for more than that just the support of your family and having them realize that this is not a traditional path and um, the path that others have taken while they're completely different. Um, it's just my journey is different and but the end goal will be the same. The end we will all still be happy, we'll will attain happiness, whatever that means. But it's just my I'm I'm like this. It's not it's not a it's not a straight path. You gotta go like this for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure, buddy. I mean I'm I'm sure you're gonna achieve a lot of things in which you are already and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of your voice. I uh, I have absolutely loved it, and uh, um, in fact, I, I still remember when your you, when when your name came up in the credits list for the first time on Sir's soundtrack. Uh, I looked you up then, and then I was like, okay, why hasn't he sung uh, other songs? And so I always look for, uh, and I'm so glad that you know you you start you worked with him on I as well, and then. Yeah. Uh, Pele. So I absolutely loved it. And there's also one more track that I loved it so much, and uh, that's by Indian Raga. Uh, oh, shape of you. <laughs> I loved it like crazy, man. And um, yeah, there was something magical about it, especially your part. Um, and probably the it's the uniqueness of your voice. Uh, whatever that was, it just created magic. Uh, anything you want to share about? That track? Yeah, yeah. It was an idea in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the shower, man. I was in the shower, and Ed Sheeran's track had just come on, and I was listening to the song while taking a shower, and I started to put Swatams to it, and I'm like, "This is weird. What if, what if we did a Carnatic version of this song?" And 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 at the time, I'm like, "I've been wanting to work with Indian Raga for a while, so let me at least pitch this idea to them." and uh, and see what happened and i did and sriram who's the ceo of the company and he's like yeah let's let's try it you know there's there's no harm in trying it so uh came on board uh sriram was on board mahesh was on board and uh again completely remote operation i was in los angeles uh vinod was in minneapolis yeah and uh uh, uh mahesh in india Mahesh was in Dubai at the time. Mahesh was right. in Dubai. And he... So, Mahesh produced the song. He sent us the music bed. Uh, Vinod sent over some ideas for, for Swarams. 
I added my ideas onto uh, the same project file, and then I think we went back and forth for about a month to get to that final track. Yeah. Uh, and then we were like, okay, we have a final track, but everyone's everywhere. How are we? How are we? How are we going to do this video? Yeah. So we said, let's just try recording remotely and then have someone stitch it together to make it feel like we're all in the same place. Again, we're all in different places. I had to go to New York for a work project. So in between all of that stuff, I also just went to Brooklyn to record the music video for this. So I recorded myself in Brooklyn and Vinod Minneapolis, uh, in Dubai. And we got a, we had a guy in Chennai stitch all those together into a video. And I... I was like, okay, this is a cool project. Let's see what happens. And we release it. And I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> Just didn't. You know, it's to this day. You know, to this day, I yeah. still get calls and messages and saying, hey, we loved you on Shape of You. And we loved you on, on Mohini track from a mm. decade ago. Um, would you be interested in working with us or, you know, coming down for this concert and whatever it is? So there's... Uh, and obviously, like, I, I had the opportunity to sing and perform in front of 50,000 people at a stadium in Houston for How Do You Know The... Yeah. Uh, and that was a true honor. Um, but, yeah, it's just... That track was... I would say unexpected. Like, I did not expect... Same thing with Manmohini. Like, I just... See, this is what happens. Like, the, the tracks that you love and you create and you put it out there just because you believe in it, and didn't expect anything out of it did phenomenally well true every time you try to like okay can i you know sing this and that it may not work it probably you know, it could work but it may not work but i think for me it's very clear when i pour my heart into something and it resonates uh versus sure. trying something just for the heck of it uh, amazing yeah. <laughs> so good i love it yeah, I, I remember playing it very recently as well. And I actually go play the video itself because I actually quite like the video too. <laughs> so it's, yeah, well done, man. I love it. Thank you. Uh, dude, coming towards the end of the podcast. Um, wow. I, I'm not sure if you're aware. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. And, uh, no, just, I was not aware. Holy <laughs> cow. Wow. I, I still have so many things to talk about, <laughs> but I'm going to bring you back again say part two of the podcast because i want to i want to deep dive into so many other aspects um of your journey put it that way Uh, just just more about getting inspired uh that's the intent and uh but i'll do that very soon um but before i let you go um is there a message that you want to share to sir via this podcast or if you wanted to sing to dedicate something for him cho- choice is yours yeah uh sir or I, even both <laughs> yeah uh i'm sure you've heard this by so many different people sir but you have been a very integral part of who i am as a human being today and uh i can't thank you enough for what you've created and shared with the world and and i can't thank you for I can't thank you enough for allowing me to collaborate with you in some of those projects that you've shared with the world. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, genuinely, yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I, I'm not able to put my thoughts together, but, uh, 
I think I think he knows how I feel right now. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I. Hey, what are your favorite songs? Uh, let me. I'll ask you. And sh- shake this up. What is your favorite Tamil song, Hindi song, uh, Malayalam song? I know he hasn't done anything recently, but he will be. But uh, uh, yeah, what what are your favorites? Yeah. This this is a tricky one, man, because uh, I'm not sure if you know. I mean, I only listen to Sir's music. Ninety nine percent is just Sir's music. It has been all the time like this, and only since the last. year and a half or two years since the podcast started i've started to open up uh the likes of yourselves and so many other guests who came on board and i've started to open up and started to appreciate non arr tracks too so i'm getting exposed to the other side of the world um so but however predominantly 98 99% it's sir's tracks now coming back yeah. to your question i mean it's very hard for me to pick my favorite tracks <laughs> I know. But, yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, the worst question. It's actually <laughs> the worst question asked. So if you don't want to answer it, I totally no, understand. No, 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 Or rather he he has such a good pulse on not even just the current trends but what he th- you know he thinks or feels maybe the upcoming next trend in music mm-hmm. um that's the best part about him because every single song in every single album explores so many different genres i am sure that if spotify and apple had job of trying to categorize who he is like putting putting him into genres it would be like
a label to you know the type of music that he does and i think yeah. that is also one of the reasons why my music is so varied my own music is so varied because i find it very difficult in any track that i listen to of my own to try to say okay this is a straight r&b song or this is a straight uh, uh electronic funk song because underneath you might hear a sitar or you might hear a mridangam coming from the left or you might hear a chenda coming from the right so it's so from I, I can't even imagine like if it's hard for if it's hard enough for me to categorize my 12 songs that are out so far on uh you know on on digital media platforms i have no idea how the other guys can do it but coming back to your point i think he yeah he definitely has a pulse on what's happening and what will slash may happen yeah in the upcoming future so uh his music has evolved uh to that extent and he's showcasing what's next as he always has and um uh, you know that's what you have to appreciate about that so amazing yeah for sure <laughs> dude uh, it's been so amazing to have you on this podcast dude i absolutely loved it and it's uh, has been more than anything else it has been inspirational that's how i'd like to put it because it's not easy to be on the other side of this monitor uh and pursuing your passion and then uh looking at the bigger picture and staying positive in the current times that we are in or the ones even worse times that we have just been uh it's phenomenal man it's not easy i i don't think i could ever fit in your shoes so i have a lot of respect for you with what with what you do and uh staying positive and then just amazing with all the cool stuff that you're putting out i absolutely loved your thrills track um, hey, i loved it me. so good man <laughs> yeah i love it i love it there's a there's a new track which i'm working on uh actually i'll tell you for the first time in the world i guess it's called midnight space flight right uh it's it's very electronic dance sort of funky and i can't wait for the to listen to it it's probably it'll probably come out in march yeah um But yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in in the works and I, and I can't wait to hear your opinion about it. For sure. Uh, yeah, and and thank you so much for having me. This is such a cool podcast to be a part of. And um you know, for me it it took, it took a lot of time for me to be able to talk about myself so freely because there's a lot of times when I had that wall where it's just like what will others think of me? I'm This is who I am and this this is what I'm going through and uh hopefully uh, there are others not hopefully but if there are out there who can connect with the emotions or whatever it is that I'm going through music or otherwise I think that's you know I've done my job by by just being open with uh you know the things that I'm going through. Yeah. So thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about myself and the things that I'm going through. So it's uh it's been great man. Thank you. And I have to thank you for giving me the opportunity to hear you speak. and oh. i get very inspired with when i hear stories like this and this just it it drives me i stay positive and then start this this kind of reflects like you know when when i'm leading my daily life it kind of comes it resonates sometimes where oh yeah you know what adi said this i should probably try and apply this in my daily life and things like that i try to draw inspiration with the people that i meet i speak uh i am looking forward to meeting you in person when i travel to the us or when you travel here to down under yes, and uh, definitely great. would love to catch up and uh dude thanks once again and 
so actually before i let you go um <laughs> so as part of this journey right yeah. what all sirs fans connected with me and we now have what's called this ilr arr community people yeah. from all parts of the world have connected and then it's 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 a very cool network that we have got right now and yeah. there are heaps and heaps of aspiring musicians in the community and people are kind of on the wall just wondering whether should they should really jump on the other side to plunge into music and make that as a career uh, just wondering is there a message that you would like to share for those people or the asp- uh, aspiring ones anything that you might want to share yeah i um it's always easy to explore your passions fun the second you think about that passion as uh, a full-time career or a job the second you start making music for that purpose it's a lot harder mm-hmm. so don't let go of the fact that this is passion and pour your heart into everything you're working on um everything else will come like i know that's super high level thinking and i'm saying you know, all will be well um but the if i've learned anything over the last 3 or so years it's that you have to continue to be genuine to yourself and you have to record and do the work because you love to do it not because you need to write and you need to produce and you need to sing something and push it out there mm. you know yes of course i've put a vow to say um i'm going to record one song a month for or record produce and release one song every month this year but that's because i'm excited to do that mm. not because i've challenged myself to say oh my god i have to i have 12 projects to do for the rest of the year um of course it gets challenging at times but i'm doing what i'm doing now because i love doing it yeah of course this is become you know full time and you have to worry about a whole bunch of stuff but at the core if you stay true to yourself and focus on the art you will at least be happy <laughs> you know there there i think i genuinely think the rest will follow um but what do i know right i'm i'm going through this too so uh maybe you know my message will be more more clear in a year or so who knows <laughs> amazing i love it dude dude thank you so much